You're listening to Family Pedals, the podcast for families questioning the status quo and living life a little bit differently. I'm your host, Sarah Copper. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Ben Sarazen, the founder of Yuba Bikes. I know many listeners and previous guests are Yuba owners, my family included. The Yuba Mundo was our very first cargo bike. I think you'll love this look into how the company got started, what is coming next for Yuba, and Ben's thoughts about the cargo biking movement, both here in the States and abroad. Ben, welcome to Family Pedals. Good morning. This is Benjamin Serzin with Yuba Bicycles. I am so glad that I was able to reach you. I know that right now you are in Europe on a business venture there. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Yes, absolutely. Um, Or uh, European sales have been uh, doing pretty well over the past few years. And uh, last year, we decided to open a a European office to be able to serve our uh, European customers interested in the, the cargo bike lifestyle we've been promoting over the past 10 years. That's very exciting. Before we get into everything about Yuba and how much it's grown over the last decade, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I started Yuba about 10 years ago, and uh, my goal was really to create one product that would enable people to ride their bike more often. So they would go to the grocery store, go on adventures, go on picnic, carry their kids, carry a kayak, go skiing, and just have a bike that would replace car trips. So when they get up in the morning and are ready to go on an activity, they will be like, oh, yeah, I could get on my bike and make it even more interesting and more fun and more challenging. And so that has been a little bit the the mission of the company over the past 10 years. And um, as far as myself, you know, when I was younger in the early 90s and kind of started witnessing uh, the the problem of global warming and and pollution when I was in my early 20s. So it seems at the time that the the fact, the scientific fact were kind of established. And I was like, oh, what what could I do? You know, it's like, I don't really want to be a scientist and uh, analyze the problem more. I mean, it seems that there are some pretty good people doing that already. And then I started thinking about the bike as a as a tool for transportation and how it could help people alleviate a little bit this environmental problem and, and this society we're in always consuming more and more stuff. And and over the years, we've noticed that people who ride bikes are um, a little more sensitive to those issues and try to have patterns of consumption that are a little more in line with what the the world can bear. So did you grow up riding bikes? Is that what drew you to that? Or is that something you came to later in your life? I grew up riding bikes for transportation when I was a you know, young kid, uh, went to school by bike or walked to school. Then I went to college. I r- rode my bike just around town all the transportation tool. I did not have a car. And I also would use the bike to travel places and go visit people. And uh, over my travels around the Europe or the globe, I noticed how in many cultures, the bike was the only transportation tool they were using such as places like Mexico or Africa, and and you see people using bikes to carry bags of rice or kids or children or older people. And I thought that would be pretty cool if we could make a bike that would be just more useful and replace or complement a car or public transportation. Why don't you describe for people who may not be familiar with Yuba, what kind of bikes you sell and maybe the bikes that you started with and then the evolution of how that's grown over the last decade? Yes, thank you for this uh, question. Uh, it's funny. Uh, most of the time when people ask me what I do or what we do, I say, well, we make cargo bikes or transportation bikes. And people are like, 
what is a cargo bike? So, <laughs> I mean, basically, a cargo bike is is a bike that's designed purposefully designed for carrying things. So, could be cargo, could be groceries, kids, passengers, and in our case at Uber Bicycles, we started with a what we call a long wheelbase bicycle. So it's a, a stretched frame. So if you were to pull the rear wheel and extend the bike by about 30 inches, it will create a bike with a longer wheelbase, almost between a bicycle and a tandem. And it's got a mega rack on the back around the rear wheel and uh, people can carry two or three, sometimes four children or uh, one or two adult passengers. And we've seen people carry, um, you know, 500 pounds of bananas or delivering uh, books or diapers, carrying tools, paddle boards, surfboards, skis and, and so forth. Well, I own one of your Yuba Mundo bikes. That was our first cargo bike purchase after we had two kids. When we just had one, we managed with just the seats that attach onto the bike. But with two and needing all the gear, we really needed to upgrade our system. And I know since then, you guys have developed the Spicy Curry bike and have expanded more into the electric cargo bikes. Can you talk a little bit about what you're most excited about with what you're doing currently and the new things on the horizon for your company? Yes. Yeah, so the, the Mundo cargo bike was, a, was the first bike in the lineup. Mundo was for world. Was the goal to have a, a pretty simple and at the same time very utilitarian uh, bicycle, so a bike that people could use on any type of terrain and in most environment, and something that would not be too difficult to handle. So that's how we came with designing the Mundo. And over time, we've improved and refined our offering. For instance, you mentioned the Spicy Curry. So the Spicy Curry is the same concept. It's a long wheelbase bicycle with an electric motor and in that situation the electric motor just adds range and power to the product so how does that translate for someone who wants to use the bike or who's using the bike uh, when you're carrying two kids and your groceries or books at the end of the day and you need to go home with your kids having an electric assist bicycle makes it a little more doable to replace the cars and We've seen this over and over where lots of families like you are able to basically operate their life with just one car and the other parent ride an electric bike, an electric cargo bike, and is able to uh, do the rest of the, the task and all the, the things they have to do every day with their family um, around town by bicycle. Last year, we just launched another model that we call the Supermarché, which is a front-loader cargo bike where the cargo is this time in the front of the bike. So this bike is a little longer than um, or long tail bikes and it's got a large platform on the front of the bikes and a couple of advantages of that product. One, it's a little easier to load things on the bike. The other thing that people like is that they can see their kids. Mm -hmm. A few drawbacks is that one, it's a little harder to ride and a little harder to maneuver or to transport. So it's not a bike you could put easily take with you on vacation and on weekend. It's not as easy to maneuver around town, uh, not as easy to store, and it does not work as well in the long term when the kids are older. I mean, I've seen lots of families, they keep using window or long tail cargo bikes when the kids are 10, 12, 14 years old, because those bikes are very practical at carrying a, a larger passenger. When the cargo is on the front, this doesn't work as well. Yes. And our family is getting to the point where we are looking into getting electric assist because our kids are getting older and heavier. So it's one thing when they're babies to be pedaling them on our own power, but <laughs> it's a different scenario once they 
get to be a little heavier, but maybe aren't quite ready to pedal the long distances on their own. Yeah. And at the same time, the parents are getting older, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so at the same time, we're losing fitness and the kids are getting heavier. So we need to cross the, cross the gap there. Yes. And, uh, that's where electric assist uh, enters the equation. And you, you mentioned something interesting. You were talking about kids not really in the age of riding already. And often people say that to us, but my daughter is currently 10. And obviously, she's been on the back of those bikes for most of her life or her entire life. And she is a very good bike rider and she can ride fairly long distances. But I carry her on the back of the bike all the time because sometimes it's not necessarily about taking a bike ride with my daughter. It's about getting to point B to go to a music class or to school or to an activity. So, you know, the bike is really a car replacement or car alternative. And in this case, it's not so much about not a product that the, the child can use to improve their biking skills. Yes, absolutely. And you want cycling to be fun. So I don't want my kids to feel like, uh, every time we're going out, they have to pedal and to have it become something they dread. I want it to be something they really, really enjoy. And if that means half the time they need to just be a passenger, then I'm all for that. Exactly. I have a question for you about riding in different weather. So you are in California mostly, which is lovely for year-round cycling. But many of us live in places with four seasons. And my most recent guest actually has a Yuba spicy curry, and he created a bike tent to go on the back of it with piping and a rain fly and duct tape. Do you guys have any plans to put together some sort of weather protection for the long tail? Excellent question. Yes, we do. And we're currently working on it. And I'll say this is a little bit of fault of ours where because the weather is so nice most of the time in, in California, although don't, don't get wrong, we, we get plenty of rain sometimes, but we do have a canopy in the in the works to protect children from uh, weather on the back of the long tail bikes hopefully it should be available by the fall next year wonderful that's very exciting great question <laughs> so often when i hear about the european bike culture i hear a lot about the netherlands and i hear about denmark but i don't often hear about france in that conversation which is the location of your new office in Europe. What has your experience been growing up in France and working in France in terms of how cargo biking is received there? So historically, the, the French market would include like Belgium and, and Switzerland in some way. People have been using their bikes over the past 30 years, mostly for recreation, road riding, and then uh, mountain biking. So very similar to the United States in some ways, and over the past 10 years, the culture, the bike culture for using bikes for transportation has started to come back. And this is due to a few factors. Where I grew up in, in a city called Strasbourg, right on the German border, uh, this used to be like, the most bike-friendly city in France and very easy to get around by bike and very difficult to get around by car, by design, which made it a very pleasant city to live in. And over the past 10 years, the rest of France has started to emulate this strategy of pushing people to ride bikes. And one of the things that's really changed here is how polluted cities are compared to 15 years ago. And what is currently happening in, in Europe is that government is pushing really, really hard to get the cars 
or at least the gasoline-powered car off the road. They're going to close more and more city centers to car traffic and truck deliveries, and they want people to ride bikes, get to work, and to go places because the cities are really congested. They're really getting dirty. I think that's really key that it has to be happening at both levels. If the infrastructure isn't available and if the easiest choice is to get in a car, it's going to be hard to get large groups of people out of their cars and onto bikes. But if biking is seen as the easiest, most convenient, most enjoyable option, then that is what's going to have the biggest impact in creating the kind of shift that we hope to see. Absolutely. And, you know, the 60s, the Netherlands were not a bicycle friendly country, nor was Germany. I mean, people were not riding a lot of bikes for transportation. Those countries getting into bikes for transportation, those were the results of political decision. Now, looking at the state of the traffic jams and the, and the gridlock and say, well, we've got to do something here. We, we need to find solutions to have people be able to move about. So that's when the Netherlands decided to really build a lot of bike paths and, and a very large bicycle infrastructure to, to get people out of the car. And given the fact that Netherlands is a very small country with a very large population and the United States is a very, very different landscape, but when there's political will, and we can sit in Portland, Oregon, in San Francisco, even in New York now, people get on their bikes. It's easy and pleasant and convenient. Yes, I think that shift is slowly happening here, and I hope that it starts moving faster and that we can see the success of places like Portland and then replicate that elsewhere. And as you said, it is very different. Our country is very spread out, and I think there's multiple levels. It's not just promoting biking, but also how can we improve public transportation and the connections between biking and public transit to make it easier. Absolutely. The bike is a component, but you need to be able to move with your bikes into subway or train to be able to go further. Yes. And how is family biking seen in France? You're saying that there has been this resurgence recently of getting more people on bikes. Does that also include families taking their kids to school and to go get groceries? Yeah. Interestingly enough, one of the things I heard last year in a large city like Paris with subways and some people do not want to be underground anymore. Mm. One for security reason and uh, also just people want to be uh, you know, on the surface and take care of their own transportation and not necessarily be uh, packed into uh, shared buses or subways. So yeah, family biking is really on the, on the uprise. I love what you're saying about the kind of experience that you want to have because that's something that my husband and I thought a lot about and we didn't want our kids to be spending a lot of time in a car seat in a car. That to us, it was so much preferable for them to be in the open air, seeing things where we could talk to them, and that that's a richer experience for our kids. And I'm not sure that's always something that gets talked about. So I appreciate you mentioning that, that it's not, it's not just about having a better footprint, but what are we offering to our kids in the way that we get places? And one other element is when the kids are on the back of a, of a cargo bike, they are seeing things when they're back. They're active passengers. I've noticed this with my daughter or other kids. Is They understand the rules of the road. So when they get on their own bike, they know where to cross. They know what to do. They, they pay attention. They see the traffic. They see the cars. They see the signs. And 
it makes them better riders. It teaches them balance. It teaches them like things about the environment, the road environment. And so it is, it is an active experience. And I think that's pretty interesting for kids. Yes, that's been my experience with my son as well, is that I like to say that he has a very healthy respect and fear for cars. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from being a more vulnerable road user most of the time. He knows when he's on his bike and I'm walking in the stroller with my daughter, he goes ahead of us because he's obviously much faster. And it, it used to make my neighbors really nervous that he would zoom down our very quiet street when there's a stop sign up ahead. But he always stops. He doesn't go past it because he knows. He knows he has to stop there. He knows the cars aren't going to stop for him. And I think he does understand that because we're on bikes. I don't know that that would be quite as intuitive and ingrained if he were in a car where he could be so much more passive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I like to end the show by asking questions about the biggest benefits, challenges, and then advice you have to offer. So I would love for you to talk about this either from your own personal experience or the insights that you've gained from being part of the cargo biking business and the benefits and challenges of getting cargo bikes out into the greater world. So what have you found to be the biggest challenges of cargo biking? Some of the the challenges at the user level, being able to get other people to embrace using a bike for transportation at the local level. It's sometimes hard because people feel it's not possible or they think it's something freakish and that is a challenge. And education, when we get educated as kids or young adults, there are no um, curriculum about transportation choices, for instance. That is a challenge for sure, but it, it's an enjoyable challenge in some ways because when people do get a cargo bike for themselves or their family or for their own personal use, they usually have an experience that's incredibly positive. Yes, I think that what you're saying is spot on with the default is the car, that it's not presented as there are these equal choices of bike, walking, transit, car. It's, oh, everyone's going to go by car and it's just for recreation or just for kids or just something that crazy people do, (laughs) you know, as opposed to, no, let's really talk about all the choices and take them all seriously. And it's not against the car or in opposition to the car. It's a compliment. Mm. You know, this bike is a real compliment to the car. I mean, I own a car. I use my car for various situations. But if given the choice, I can choose my bike carry my kids or, I don't know, some type of equipment and groceries and create an adventure, I will take that choice because it's, I'd rather be outside and, and active than be behind a steering wheel. So sometimes it's important not to be in opposition against the cars. Cars are fine for what they are, but it's great to have this option of cargo bike. Right. I love that idea of it as a compliment and putting the car in the place of, it's a tool and it's not good or bad, but... Yep doesn't have to be everything. Yeah. You know, from Vermont, if you had to go to Boston with your kids for a day to visit family, I mean, sure, you can go by bike and public transportation, but being able to go by car is pretty uh, nice and convenient thing. Yes. But for moving around town, I mean, most of the time, the car is absolutely unnecessary. And uh, one of the biggest challenge, the other side of the, the business in some ways, I mean, a, a large challenge is, is design and production. 
and one of the common comment we see is okay why are those bicycles so expensive mm. and it is true that they're not cheap the problem is every time when we design a bike every single thing we do we encounter problems because the bikes are non-standard for example they cost more money to ship or the latest one is housing that's not long enough to accommodate brakes for a cargo bike mm -hmm. so like the manufacturer of brakes they will say, you know, my housing is three feet because that's a standard for a standard bicycle. And we need like four and a half feet. And it's like, nope, sorry, we can't do it. You need to order um, 5,000. Well, sorry, but like we, we can't really make 5,000. I'm really glad that you touched on that because that is something that I hear a lot is how much they cost. And I like to think of it as an investment because that's what it is. And it's what allows us not to have a car. and when I look at that comparison, it's so much cheaper to invest in a good cargo bike than it is to invest in an even not very nice car. But it is a, a large upfront cost for a lot of families, and it feels hard to make that leap. So I'm glad that you touched on that from the business perspective of the reasons why it is that way. Uh, and I totally agree. I, I know the products are not cheap. The problem is there, you know, when you think about an electric power bicycle, where the cost of the battery, lithium-ion battery, is about $1,000, it's hard to do less than that. I mean, replacement battery for a small iPhone is $80. Imagine the size of a battery for, on a, an electric bike. It is costly, and the reasons is because, one, uh, for electric bikes, lithium-ion batteries are expensive, and then every single other process of making the bike is more complicated than a regular bike. So that's why this, there's such a large difference in that. I wish it was different, but uh, making a bike that's strong enough to carry two or three people and 340 pounds of groceries, we're going to need to use more tubing. You know, We're going to need to use more welds. It's going to take more time. So most of the time, it's like building two or three bicycles at once. And it's doing things that a regular bicycle can't. And if a bicycle is going to be carrying my family, I want to know that it's made with good materials, that it's not done on the cheap. And that translates into a higher cost in order to get the higher quality product. Exactly. Well, let's switch gears and talk about the benefits of cargo biking and what you've experienced both in your own life and just from seeing other people get on board with the movement and find ways to transport themselves and their families. I mean, to me, the two most obvious benefits are one, car alternative, car complement, being able to use a bike or things that were not possible to do by bike before, such as carrying one, two kids, or carrying large amounts of groceries or stuff. That's a huge benefit. Another large benefit that I've experienced myself and I've witnessed or I've heard from customer testimonials is the connection. Families being able to connect and spend and share, have experiences together. There's a bond that's being created by the experience. And I think cargo biking does that very well, where you know, you could spend an entire day with your kids or your husband or your wife, go by bike and do things along the way that create the bond, you know. Like, and I think that shared experience, the, the capacity for parents to connect with their children is, is a very, very important benefit. I think you're absolutely right. And I have found that in my own life and just thinking of what kind of childhood do I want to create for my kids and what kind of family do we want to be 
And cargo biking feels like a really natural part of that and a way to live our values while also creating these beautiful memories for our family to have. And another benefit that's sometimes, I'm not sure if it's a consequence or the source, is being a little more aware of the environment as a whole, which the environment could be, you know, the city, uh, like, or urban environment, or suburban environment, or country, seeing things, seeing animals, seeing life or death on the road, and kind of understanding conception. Obviously, when we have a, when one is a bike to carry things, we tend to get into this mindset of, oh, maybe I can reduce, so I don't need that much stuff. You know, I, I just want to be a little more minimalist. And so again, I'm not sure that's that happens before getting the bike or if it's the consequence of getting the bike, but those are, I think, a larger, deeper connection with the, the global environment, people, animals, nature, even the urban environment. It's all so very intertwined. And I know of some people that could benefit a lot from uh, getting on cargo bikes. I think a lot of politicians could benefit from getting on the cargo bikes or going camping and going rafting and seeing nature a little bit uh, with a closer, closer eyes and not from a golf course. Yes, I 100% agree. I think that it's hard to see those problems when you're closed off and that biking is one way to open yourself up to that. Exactly. Well, if you had a family come in and wanting to buy a cargo bike, wanting to get started, what kind of advice would you offer them? So getting a cargo bike for a family, it's usually a decision that the entire family makes together. So I think it's important that both parents feel comfortable in the product. So test riding the bike in situation with kids, cargo, and really getting to understand how the bike is going to to behave and also my other advice is it's a long-term investment this is a little bit of a lifestyle change and you're going to learn where to go use the right road or the most bicycle friendly road and your kids are going to be good on the bike they're going to know how to behave and how to how to be on the back of the bike and feel comfortable and, and safe so it's it's a process and getting on the bike the first time is just the first step of the journey. Yes. It can feel so intimidating, I think, when you start, especially when you have kids on it. So I love that idea of it's going to get easier and trusting in the process and that it will be a process, that it may feel a little uncomfortable at first and that that doesn't mean that it's bad or wrong, just that it takes some adjustment. And the simple other piece of advice here is it's okay for you to just use the bike without any cargo mm -hmm. and get used to the product and and it's also okay to use the bike just with your husband or your wife or as a partner and going on a date or to a bar where the, the kids are with the grandparents or with the babysitter and it's okay to have each parent carry the other on the back of the bike or gain experience this way. There are many different ways to use cargo bikes. Yes. Well, I have one more question before we wrap up. Your daughter is much older than my children are, and something I think about a lot is how are my kids going to perceive biking as they get older and more aware that the way our family does things isn't necessarily the way everyone else is doing it, and that we're going a little bit against the grain. And up to this point, you know, they're very young. It's just our life. They don't really question it. 
So I'm curious how your daughter perceives biking and cargo biking now that she's older. Yeah, I mean, again, she's she's about to be 10. So I've not had pushback from her. Maybe if we're talking two years or three years, it might be a little, it might be a little different. But what happens sometimes is, it, and as I said earlier, she she's a very good, very good bike rider, very very skilled on her own. But if we have to go to point B most of the time, and I say, and we live in a hilly area, you get on your bike and or you get on the back of the cargo bike, she will choose the she'll choose the cargo bike. I mean, she she has a lot of fun there because she's also gained a lot of a. Confidence, and sometimes she's a little bit of an acrobat mm. on the back of the bike. Don't tell her, <laughs> don't tell her mom. But um, hopefully, uh, she understands what it's about. I feel, and you might get that experience in a few years with your kids. I feel that now she's starting to connect some dots at school with some of the things she learns about the environment, transportation, or uh, fossil fuel, and, and things like this, or consumption. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that's satisfying. Yes. Well, why don't you let listeners know how they can connect with you and Yuba and find out more information if they're interested. So, well, thank you very much, Sarah. On our website, we do have a what we call a bicycle mobility consultation forum mm-hmm. where we ask five or six basic questions about how people use their bike or how they want to use their bike, uh, what type of terrain, uh, what type of commute they have. And uh, based upon the five or six questions, we do have a a qualified uh, cargo bike expert contact the contact the person back and start a conversation and try to point them towards the right product and towards a place where they can take a, a test ride or experience a demo bike. So that's on deeperbikes.com. And otherwise, people can learn about the various models and the various possibilities on our, on our website. And on our Facebook, we do have a lot of testimonials of people who Sorry, blogs or sharing experiences and how they go into this lifestyle and how uh, they've made it work for their family or their business or their personal needs. Wonderful. I'll be sure to link up to both of those in the show notes so people can get connected. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully when I visit, can, uh, I can come meet you face to face and uh, we can go on a, on a cargo bike ride. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. All right. Well, you have a wonderful day and a, and a great week. Same to you. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find the show notes at familypedals.com, where you'll find links to Yuba's website, social media, and the cargo biking matchmaking tool that Ben mentioned. If you'd like to support the show, there are a few ways you can do that. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the word about podcasts, and I would be honored if you would tell a biking family or a bike-curious family about the show. If you haven't already done so, I would so appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find the show, and I love to get your feedback. On the next episode, I'll be talking with my friend Savannah Adams. She was one of the first people I knew who used a front-loading cargo bike when she had kids. She also works at Yellow Bike Project, a community bicycle shop in Austin, Texas. I am excited to share her biking story and what she has to say about the work and impact of the Yellow Bike Project. I hope you'll join me then.